All right. Hello, okay. hello, 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 hello. Oh, I have a few more hellos. How dare you interrupt me? How I'm dare sorry. you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, Marzipan. If well, you are just listening, Marzipan joined us on the table that I record on, and now she has gone away. She doesn't have to stick around for very long. She, it's always so excited. Like, I'm always freaking out and so excited that she's here. And then she's always gone two seconds later. She was right up at the camera and everything, too. But then my stupid mm-hmm. metronome got in the way <laughs> of you guys being able to see her. But she was here. She's still queer. And you know what? We love her. We do yeah. love her. My little baby. <laughs> well, how the heck are you? How the heck are you? You know, I'm doing well. I've been working from home all day, and I have had no one to talk to and nothing to do but stare at a screen all day long. And I'm sure that you have had a similar experience today. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, that's that's a very typical day in the life, I must say. Just, mm-hmm. You know, you're, whenever you ask, like, oh, how you been? I'm just like, you know, I woke up. I got into, I went from one room to the next, and I looked at a screen. Made some lunch in the middle of that, went back to my screen, and here I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, I definitely prefer it to being in that. Like, the flexibility of working at home is so nice, but, yeah, it all kind of blends into one day sometimes. But, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Gas prices are a lot these days, so I'll save where I can. That's true. It was really blowing my mind. And then I saw videos of L.A., and I was like, mm, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're doing all right. Maybe we're doing all right. <laughs> oh, God. I could not even. Six dollars. No. No, 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 no. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-mm. I'm good. I'm good. I'll deal with the cold. That's but, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Tall Girl 2. I can't, I can't believe you were willing to watch Tall Girl 2 this soon. I thought you would be beyond not okay with that. Yeah, but we had to do it eventually, and I thought we should rip the Band-Aid. But you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. It didn't leave me in a horrid mood like last time. I uh-huh. actually, it wasn't that bad. You know? I was going to say, I think I feel like overall, like, it's still not a good movie, obviously. But, like, I wasn't angry this time. I think this one was a little bit more self-aware, but... um. I'd say instead of being angry at the end of watching it, I just, I feel like I haven't seen anything. Like, it just kind of felt very, like, in one ear, out the other kind of a deal. But I'm not mad. I'm not mad. And you don't seem to be mad, which is a big shock to me. Yeah, I'm not upset. I think, um, yeah, it was different. It, it, like yeah. you said, it was a little bit more self-aware, but we can get to that. So oh, the, subno- <laughs> the synopsis for uh, Tool Girl 2, Jody Craman. Uh, I did not know that that was her last name. Uh, Not at all. (laughs) Jody deals with her newfound popularity. Her miscommunications, however, start causing rifts with those around her. And now she really needs to stand tall. Oh, come on. That's the whole synopsis. That's it. It has 63% on Rotten Tomatoes and 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb. I feel like I should have... We should have... Could you double check real quick what those numbers were for the last one? I'm curious how it's like stacking oh. up with those numbers in comparison to its first movie. Ugh, it wanted me to autofill Tall Girl 2 again. I'm looking for the first oh. one from 2019. Oh, oh my God, um, come on. 
Okay, so it's kind of flipped for the first one. So it had 38% on Rotten Tomatoes and 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. So it went from 38% to 63%, but it has only been out for a day short of a month. Yeah, yeah. So there definitely were some numbers. Like, of course, I looked up what the budget was, but like there's no box office numbers. First of all, it is a Netflix movie. So that is kind of a tough number to get but also it has only been out for a month um but it was funny I I looked it up anyways even though I knew it probably wouldn't be there um but first of all I don't know if I mentioned it but the budget was 24.4 million for the second one yeah jeez always that's a lot of money I know I know um but again I I tried looking at box office numbers just to see if there was any idea but of course there wasn't but I thought it was so funny I like ended up on this website that's called like the hyphen numbers.com and for whatever reason it was like so we don't have the box office numbers however we would compare it to the Shrek franchise and I was like what how that's amazing. I just, That's I just thought it was so funny that they were like, this movie is similar to Shrek 2. And I was like, no, it's not. Well, did you, did you watch it all the way through and get the first recommended movie after that? Because it was Shrek 2 on Netflix. That that well, was the next re- recommended movie that I had after finishing it. No, I didn't make it all the way through the Backstreet Boys singing moment at the end. No, I did well, not. I skipped but that wow. Was- <laughs> wow. No, I didn't make it through the dancing montage. I just said, well, that's it. That'll do it. <laughs> like She's as soon done. as the first credit came up, I was like, and we're done. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I didn't make it to the, but I did watch Shrek too yesterday. Coincidentally, I saw the, like when I turned on my PS4 to just like have some like white noise in the background, but Your like PS4, uh, are you a gamer, dude? Oh my God. Do you like game and stuff? Are you not like- at all? Uh, you have a PS4, my guy? I have a PS4, my guy. I do indeed. And I have, like, the two Spider-Man games. And that's, like, it. <laughs> <laughs> They're really fun. I really like them. So, yeah, you could call me a gamer. It's like, uh, have you ever seen those TikToks where it's like, oh, you don't like girls with tattoos? And they, like, show, like, a dot that they have. And they're like, take me off their roster. That's so funny. That's, that's me with video. You don't like gamers? take me off the roster with my like two spider-man games so yeah that's my that's my joke <laughs> my girlfriend's a gamer <gasps> oh my god really i feel like yeah. i didn't know that about her oh she's an expert at mario party <laughs> <gasps> oh okay i did know that you guys play mario a lot which I, I love mario party but wow does it get me stressed i get so mad when i get oh anyways anyways <laughs> probably should discuss this movie mm-hmm. but wait what other games does she play oh my god this uh, is so Fortnite. oh she's a Fortniter. yeah wow really intense yeah Go she crazy. puts her game face on and everything it's scary <laughs> <laughs> i don't even like know what to say <laughs> but amazing and anyways, here we are back again in the land of the tall girl, also known as New Orleans or New Orleans. Can I just say um, that I really like that they based it there and that they didn't just say that it was based there, but there's actually like different uh, parts of actual, I've never been there, but what seems like actual culture from the city shows up with like the architecture and the boats and shit, you know. 
Yeah, no, they definitely, like, in the B-roll, actually attempt to make it feel like New Orleans, even though whether or not they actually filmed there, I mean, probably not, but they did a good job of making it feel New Orleans-y. Yeah, and Dunkers is always sweaty, which is pretty accurate for Louisiana, I would think. Louisiana is pretty warm, I have to say. I mean, I know, I don't know that I've ever been to Louisiana, but I mean, I used to live in the South and it was warmer there than it is here. So they got that going for them. They oh. surely got that going for them. Before we jump into this, I just had to say one other little teeny tiny side comment. But okay, so recently I was editing, you know, like our last episode of the podcast and you do a nice little Jennifer Coolidge impersonation at one point. And because of how the clips were edited, I had to keep re-listening to your um, Jennifer Coolidge impersonation, like back to back in a row to like get everything lined up. Um, And it made me just realize I just I had an epiphany that I just needed to let you know. Uh Um, Jennifer Coolidge. Yes. Like if there was a. Um, like Venn diagram for like people that she kind of sounds like Carl okay. Weezer from Jimmy Neutron would definitely be in oh there. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> like they def- there's a little bit of overlap in like you know the sound uh-huh. of their voices. I don't know. Just like as I kept hearing you do it, I was like, this is kind. This is a little Carl Weezer-y. Anyways, anyways, Tall Girl Two. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, they do such a silly, goofy little thing at the beginning of the movie. So they give us a whole rundown of the first movie in kind of like a mockumentary style. At fr- like it, it feels like you know the Office or something where they're like talking directly to the camera and like telling a story, and it's just them like telling the story of the first movie real quick and all of that. But then we realize, oh, silly, goofy. We were seeing the POV of a man working at a backpack store and they were buying a backpack and he was like uh okay it'll be twenty dollars can i say something about that backpack and please don't make fun of me (laughs) oh no but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's like a really high-end camera backpack and um a alum from my college that just gave a presentation in my class uh runs their social media for this backpack company and those are not twenty dollar backpacks i will tell you that right now Honestly, that's a pretty interesting connection. I, I would have never known. Very nice. It was, it was a very interesting uh, moment for me. I was like, <laughs> full circle for the week. Here we go. Tall, tall girl too, and a camera backpack. Tall girl too. It, it it's more relatable than you'd expect. <laughs> more relatable than you'd expect. But yeah, it's just a quick little thing that they. Basically, it's them like gushing over like how they fell in love to a person that's just trying to get paid. Disgusting to to work uh, in customer services. That uh, absolutely that really is what it's like. That's really what it's like working in customer services. You're just trying to get through the day, and someone's telling you their life story, and it's like that's great, but uh, I've got things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just got really scared. Like at first, I was like, did they shift this whole second movie to a mockumentary style? Because I, like, I was so scared when they first started out, just being like, uh, what did he even say? He said the classic. I know what you're thinking. How did a guy like me land a, gu- a girl like her? And that's when they like go into their little spiel about the first movie. And I was like, if this is what the rest of the movie is like, I might go crazy. But luckily, this is the only scene like that. Um, but yeah, then it's very much like the um, little synopsis said, you know, 
Last time we saw Jody, she was walking with her head down. She was so scared that people would see she's tall, but now she's walking through the halls, strutting her stuff and saying hi to everybody, giving high fives. The lighting is bright, so we know it's a happy time and all is well. So yeah, she's just walking down the hall to end. <laughs> now she's popular. Um, and we see Mr. Stieg, Mr. Stieg the Swede, um, they set in time that now it has been three months since the end of the last movie. And basically all of the friends are mad at him still, but Jody's friends with him, whatever. And she decides to sign up to audition for Bye Bye Birdie, the new school play. And... Yeah, that just sets up that she's going to audition and then it very quickly gets to her audition and she's singing her little heart out. Oh, she is singing. Um, but the fu- this was like the first moment that I just I had to giggle because, you know, she does her little audition and then the audition teacher, the drama lady or whatever, She's talking to her and she brings up the homecoming speech from the end oh of the God. last movie. And really it's had like to bring it up so many times. So many times. The homecoming speech is brought up more than I'm probably going to, than we'll discuss. Like, just know that it comes up a lot in this movie where they're like, OMG, girl, your homecoming speech. And it's like, okay. Does nothing else happen in this school that this no. is all you have to talk about? Is Jody yes. giving a speech? Uh, mm-hmm. But the drama teacher basically kind of like checks her and is like, hey, have you ever like performed before? And Jody's like, no, I haven't. But then the drama teacher's like, uh, yeah, you have, girl. You gave a unprompted monologue at homecoming, which mm, some people might say being tall isn't really all that bad. Like she checks her. She's like, mm. so you're tall. Like, is that all? Is that it? Is that your only struggle? And Jody mm-hmm. basically comes back and is just like, she, I don't even know. <sighs> Jody's response wasn't even all that moving. She's just like, I know it's not the worst thing in the world, but like, it's not fun either sometimes. Yeah. Like, I, that's I all said, that happens. <laughs> I said in my notes, they directly called us out with that one because our entire uh, episode, the last time we watched Tall Girl, the original, was that uh, yeah. our main argument was that like, it's not a real problem. There's other people with way bigger problems i like that they addressed it but the the way that they addressed it was so stupid (laughs) yeah no it was just it was so strange because like any other time that her homecoming speech is like brought up in this movie um like it was even brought up before she goes into our audition she actually she meets the this guy named tommy who will become important later on um he anyways he mentions her homecoming speech and is like oh my god i was so moved because i also used to be different like Everyone typically applauds her for it, but the drama teacher put her in check and was like, there are people that are starving, girl. Um, Was it really that deep? Um, But apparently she did a very good job with her rebuttal because the next scene is a family dinner where um, we find out that Harper, her older sister, played by none other than Sabrina Carpenter, is moving to Los Angeles because she got a new job. But while she's in the middle of her announcement, Jody rudely, of course, had to make things about her because everything is. And uh, she gets a text from the drama teacher directly, letting her know literally the same day that she got the lead of the play. So her rebuttal must have been good because she got the lead in Bye Bye Birdie. You know, must have mm-hmm. been pretty decent. I love how she is like giving her entire 
everything to uh, musical theater and she's like, I'm going to Juilliard, blah, blah, blah. And she's never done it before. Oh my God. It's like that guy on TikTok. What's his name? The one that like oh, lives in New oh, York. Oh, not him. Axel. I fucking hate that guy. What's, yeah. What is wrong with him? He makes I, me very uncomfortable. I think it's just he has that like uh, uh, Christian girl positivity about him mm. that just really sets me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I just watch him and I go, why I ought to just <laughs> punch you right in the face. Like, have you? Oh, there's also that other. There's a TikTok account um, of uh, like these uh, black students at BYU that like interview people. <gasps> oh, that's my people. favorite account right now. That's my, oh my favorite God, account right now. It's so funny. Like, have you seen the TikTok where they were like, oh, what are, do, do you believe that gay marriage is a good thing? And there's, of course, there's the few that are just like, mm. Nope. nope but then there was one girl that literally like looks a little gay yes and she, and was, she was like, like no mm-hmm. like, like yeah why Axel would kind of ask me that yeah <laughs> axel definitely gives me a little bit of a byu student energy but i think the thing especially with him like he seems like he means well and like he like doesn't mean any harm or anything but i think the problem is he's very unaware of like he's he's he just has so much privilege in the whole thing of like I decided to be poor in New York like it's just it's yeah. it's a weird thing like I don't think he is inherently a bad person but I think there's just like some weird things that he highlights but anyways yeah it's weird um, youngest child energy and I don't support yeah, it yeah um not as a call out to you or any yeah. youngest I children. Say, I, uh, just well, it's no. The, my stepsister's I, younger than me, so I'm not yeah, the youngest. It's the it's constantly needing attention, and uh, once you don't have any, you need to create a situation in, in which you get more. Yeah, kind of no, like and, Jody. Yeah, I was about to say full circle back to Jody. Completely, that is her. Like the way that she constantly is like, I don't want anybody to look at me. But also, I'm gonna audition for the play, and also, I'm not good at being in plays. But also, I'm gonna go to Juilliard. It's just, mm-hmm. it's such a weird like, I want the attention, but don't look at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is very much who Jody is. But uh, yeah, it's just a. At this family dinner, we find out she got the she got the lead, and that Harper's moving. And there's a disgusting quote from the parents where, um, like, once they find out that Harper is moving away, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're losing one of our children. Should we have another one?" And the mom says, "I am very fertile," which you know mm-hmm. never needs to be said. Never needs never needs to be yeah. said. Side despite note, that, sorry, despite oh, that, no, you I think the parents are the best characters in this movie, not only because of the actors, because it is Angela Kinsey and Steve Zahn. And I looked up Steve Zahn and you know where he's from? What? Uh, Minnesota. He grew <gasps> up in Mankato. Are you serious? And he went to Gustavus for one semester and he dropped <laughs> out and moved. And then uh, he went to Harvard for a graduate degree in theater. But... He still owns a house in Pine City where he boats and skis with or water skis with his family. Oh, I read his entire precious. IMDb page. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, that. Well, I'll be dying. That is it's a small, what a Minnesota small world. I was going to say like what I was going to say is that in general, the parents are such better people in this this one versus like they had a full character arc in the first movie like they were horrible parents in the first movie they That's honestly right. annoyed me so much in the first movie but in this movie they're like the complete opposite of what they were because before they were like like they still were trying to be good parents but they just weren't 
Um, but in this movie, they're just like so positive all the time. Just like, yeah, girl, we're here. We love you. Yes, girl. You go, girl. And I was like, oh, why didn't you have this energy in the first movie? Why were you guys so like they would like kind of bully her about her height in the first movie. Mm-hmm. It's like they also had to learn that being tall is OK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, no, the parents are definitely a lot better in this one. Um, next thing that happens is... Uh, I don't know. Jody, Jody and Dunks, Mr. Dunkelman, her boyfriend, um, Mr. Milk Crates, um, they they get ice cream to celebrate that she got the lead in the play. And uh, someone told me why Jake from Jake from Jake State, from State Farm, Farm was behind them in line and like makes a tall joke, like digging at Jody. I was like, where did this come from? And he doesn't even mention anything about State Farm. I was like, why is he here? <laughs> If not for paid promo, like, are you trying to tell me this man is an actor outside of his State Farm gig? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, it would be like no. if Flo from Progressive showed up. Ugh. No. I've Honestly, heard- I like him, though. I do. I do like him. However, I have heard that the actress that plays Flo is apparently a little mean. I've heard Don't that she's tell mean. me that. Don't mm-hmm. tell me that, mm-hmm. Grace. I've heard that she's very entitled, and the fact that she makes a lot of money from Flo has gone directly to her head. I that don't need heard. to know that. That's what I've heard. Well, if I had to know it, now you do too. Every time I see her in commercials, I'm like, I used to root for you, but I've heard you're a meanie. <laughs> Dang. Well, my allegiance for commercials has switched to all state because of their don't be like your parents commercials. <laughs> Which yeah, I, I say those. uh is um don't be like a geezer from St. Paul commercials because mm-hmm. that's exactly who uh those people embody and we can move <laughs> on from that because I know people get very offended, especially uh, people from St. Paul. Uh, yeah, or, no, I, I, I love those parent <laughs> ones. It very much there's there's a lot of them that reflect especially my father but anyway so funny oh my god <laughs> um but yeah so they get ice cream with jake from state can farm we, just heckling can we, can we pause again to mention what? that your dad's initials are dad <laughs> yeah my dad's initials are dad he is the ultimate dad of a so dad no, no wonder he is such yeah. a stereotypical dad yeah it, it is being a dad is very much his whole personality and you know what that's amazing he he, it was set up from birth he had no choice but to be a dad with the (laughs) dad initials (laughs) but yeah jake from state farm heckles her and basically in this moment uh dunks just tries to kind of be like omg girl i'm so proud of you you're like totally doing the thing you're like doing what you've always wanted to yippee kaye but you kind of see that for the first time she was like oh yeah this is kind of a scary thing that I'm doing and the anxiety starts to set in and then right away in the next scene she's brushing her teeth and guess what the anxiety starts to really take a hold on her and basically there's a bunch of these moments throughout the movie where there's just, you know, like a voiceover of Jody where it's like supposed to be the voice in her head. And every time it happens, I just said the meanie voice is back and being mean um, because it's basically, you know, just her anxiety speaking to her being like, you don't deserve this. You're going to botch it. You're going to do horribly. And yeah. So basically, if the first movie, her issue that she was dealing with the whole entire time was um being tall this time around it's anxiety that she deals with it's like the main thing um but yeah this is like the first 
instance where it kind of happens and in the next scene she's kind of talking to oh sorry marzipan is back oh marzipan never apologize i really want to talk into the microphone how are you doing today marzi did you like tall girl too we watched it together We got a lick. We got a tiny <laughs> lick. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but, oh, God, was bad. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, next scene is just Harper giving her some advice about dealing with anxiety. But it's like, oh, I've never dealt with anxiety, but I've heard it's bad, basically. Um, I only mention this scene, on- honestly, because there's just like one quick little, uh, one quick little funny little joke in there um because uh, i was watching this with Callista in the room she wasn't fully paying attention but she heard this line and it was very funny and i feel like it should be mentioned um basically regarding anxiety and like the negative self-talk in your head she says that you can't get rid of it it's just a horrible part of life that never goes away like maroon five mm-hmm. <laughs> we love a good dunk on maroon five every now and then you know what i mean you know, you know I mean. maroon five's not that bad I, it depends the song song it to does song depend basis on the song and their era i um uh i ha- i have a favorite i can't remember what it's called never mind <laughs> there are some there are some good ones but i can also see why people make fun of them and just adam levine in general i was gonna say i feel like a lot of it is just like adam levine himself makes me feel a little uncomfy i feel like he's a little too i don't know i don't too know much. A little too much. Also, it's just, he's just, he's he's not for our generation in the sense that, like, I feel like he's, like, for all, like, 40 to 50-year-old women, it's like, oh, my God, he is the hottest thing that's ever existed. Yes. But, like, <laughs> I'm a lesbian in my 20s, so I'm not the mm-hmm. demographic. Um, but, yeah. Harder to I breathe. Just... The song was Harder to Breathe. That's my favorite Maroon 5 song. <laughs> Of course, it's not like Sunday morning or something. What do you know? What is Sunday morning? Well, Sunday morning, rain is falling. Oh, no. That one. Well, I'm just saying that one was popular and well known. <laughs> so, of course, you're like, so oh, it's hard to breathe. Which one is that? Wait, give us a little, give us a little snippet. Oh, God. You know, it starts out with a. <laughs> <laughs> it's very guitar heavy. And he goes, How dare you say that my behavior is unacceptable? honestly i'm i'm shocked that you don't that i would have thought that you would have immediately just been like gag i hate maroon five this is a shock that's a great song all right i mean take it or leave it but yeah i think maroon yeah i just thought it was a silly goofy little joke i don't know throw away but uh toss it toss it out toss it um but then there is Next scene, we get some of the drama is set up because Kimmy, the bully from the first movie, is back and she is pissed as all hell that she didn't get, she wasn't given the lead. She is Jody's understudy. And she literally like barges into the bathroom when the drama teacher is in there and is like, you will rue the day, basically, and tries to go to what? What happened? That scene really reminded me of the scene in Glee. 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 <laughs> I knew it was gonna be Glee. I knew you were gonna bring it back to Glee when it when 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 Rachel and Sunshine are singing. Telephone. 
hello, hello, baby. And then Sue. So my favorite part of like the whole show. Literally, that's like my favorite part of, that's like my favorite just stupid little throwaway joke of the whole entire show is just Sue then walking and just being like, shut up. Just shut up. (laughs) Stop it. But yeah, I didn't even think of that, but I knew where you were going immediately when you said it. Oh. Why can't you stream Glee anywhere? I'm so mad about it. I am so Wait, upset. It was on Netflix. Where is it? Is it nowhere anywhere? Is it? Is it went bye bye. It's I don't everywhere. Think it, yeah, I think you have to have like a Fox Premium subscription, and I don't need to support them. You know what I mean? It'll come back to something sometime, probably Hulu or something. Yeah, probably Hulu at some point. God. I need yeah. access to Glee at some point, but I also don't want to like pay more money to someone yeah. to get it. Oh, Glee. Ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> always got to have a Glee reference somehow. Got to just tie it back to <laughs> the original scriptures. Um, but yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, what? I do Glee feel f- like a Glee missionary sometimes. <laughs> I mean, what? The straight people use the Bible. What are we supposed to use for scripture? Glee, obviously. Uh-huh. Obviously, yeah, Glee or Drag Race for sure. I feel like there's a lot of hidden, hidden, uh, gay jokes in Drag Race. Oh, for which sure. Which Stieg would understand. Oh yes, he would. We will that's get all that Stieg in, like, did over the summer yeah. was watch Drag was... Race. Oh no, it wasn't Drag Race. It was uh, it was Queer Eye. Oh, because Queer of Eye. course it has yes. to be a Netflix show. Um, yeah. but basically this scene just sets up that like Kimmy's gonna give her heck again and watch out here's the drama but then yeah farida steeg and jody and dunkers are at a store and this is the moment where steeg basically lets us all know hey guys queer eyes on netflix watch it now um i really thought this was going to be his coming out arc you would have thought you would have thought but no no basically the only thing that really happens and it's such a tiny little subplot but Basically, everyone keeps asking Jody where she got her clothes. The clothes was made by Farida. And when they're at the store, then the store owner's like, OMG, girl, I'll put some of your clothes on one of the racks. That's basically what happens. Um, it'll kind of come back later. But eh, I don't know that it's really all that important. But then it, we're finally at the first rehearsal for Jody being in the play. And her meanie voice in her head is being a meanie yet again and throwing her off and she literally kicks someone in the face while she's trying to dance and I made a little note of it I was like okay but listen here Jody, the actress for Jody, was originally on Dance Moms and I know we mentioned this before but I'm out here like "Mm." after all those years and you're still out here kicking people in the face come on (laughs) come on you got too much experience to be out here doing things willy-nilly like that. But yeah, basically her first rehearsal goes bad. Um, and I guess I should mention again, like that Tommy guy that I mentioned earlier, he kind of, um, he is, he got the uh, male lead for the play. So in this scene, it kind of sets up like, oh, they're going to be spending a lot of time together and they're going to become really good friends. That's basically all that is important about that. And yeah, he just kind of helps her through rehearsal. Um, but then, yeah, Kimmy tries to get in her head. It just, it, it's a horrible first day, basically. Um <laughs> that ends with her spilling smoothie all over a piano and ruining it which 
how nice (laughs) um but then yeah next scene it is the three-year anniversary of jody and mr dunkelman um it was three months did i say year yes (gasps) no i was incorrect i made a whoopsie i am so sorry They've had a whole relationship and they've been together for three months and you would think they'd been married for eight years. You would think. You really, really would because this man was making a turducken for the occasion. A turducken. Of course, he burned it at first, but then Steve jumps in and helps. Um, Yeah, I said this. There's no way his Capricorn ass is that bad at cooking because you know know that he would have have 8,000 timers set for everything. And Did he mention he was a Capricorn? No, I just have a sense that he's some kind of earth sign. Probably not a Taurus. Uh, probably <laughs> a Capricorn. <laughs> I love how you just like decided he's a Capricorn. You're like, yep, well, as a Capricorn, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't know what else he would be. I don't know either. Honestly, I just, I just know about Virgos having tummy problems. That's mostly my knowledge. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's their three-month anniversary. Very sorry for my journalistic integrity being broken just now when I lied to you all. Um, but yeah, month. Uh, and it, oh, oh, the drama of it all. First of all, of course, Turducken. Wow, that's a lot. Um, but then there's like a thousand candles lit in this house. I was like, it will go up in flames if anyone so much as sneezes in there. Marzipan! What happened? Oh my gosh, she's on the counter. Hey, she's ball. eating flowers. Hang on. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, Marzipan, I had some flowers. I had some flowers on my counter, and part of it is like a big clump of baby's breath, and she just wants to eat it. And I told her, just because it's called baby's breath doesn't mean that's what you need to freshen your breath with, you little baby. And she just won't listen to me. <laughs> it sounded like you said baby breast. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, Mozzie Pan, what are you doing? No need, no need. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, basically, everything goes up in flames, pardon the pun, Um, because basically Jodi is still, like, all she can think about is how nervous she is for the play, and she's very distracted during what's supposed to be a very romantic dinner. And Mr. Dunkles, Mr. Mr. Dinker Dankle Dunkle, mm-hmm. basically is like, oh, like, don't worry about it, girly. Like, if you need to go so that you can go rehearse, if that'll help you clear your head, then, like, go ahead. And she's like, okay, cool. So she, like, gets up to leave. And then he was like, excuse me? How dare you? How dare you? And they basically get into this huge fight. But she leaves anyways. Mm-hmm. Goes home, confides in her parents and her bestie and um Frida and her sister and they're all basically like stand your ground girl don't you dare even try to resolve this just be firm and we also find out that the mom is on TikTok which how fun um <laughs> but yeah then the next day everything hits the fan because of course both sides are in a standoff 
Neither of them want to admit that anything is wrong. Neither of them want to admit that they could have been in the wrong. And instead of trying to fix things, they literally just break up in the middle of lunch. And once they do, Dunkelman literally tears an orange in half with his bare hands. Wow, what a mighty man he is. And uh, he literally then just is like, why did I do this? I love citrus and leaves. Mm -hmm. Like, man, if I broke, if I was in the middle of a breakup with somebody and they just like tore an orange and said, oh, I love citrus. It was like, very that's Disney another- Channel. Yeah. And again, it's, it's another one of those, like, you're trying to like weasel in a joke at a point where like you didn't need to. And it's just, a, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's stupid. It's a throwaway joke, but it's just, I was just like, what? Who in the middle of a breakup yeah, I don't know. But then he gets a text from his father saying that he's there. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Because he's like, why is my dad at school? Did something bad happen? Come to find out. Stieg, who still lives with Dunks, by the way, just a reminder for you all. He lives with Dunks. Uh, Stieg's sister is now in town and living with them for I don't know how long. Um But basically, this sets up a little love triangle that literally doesn't even exist um, because, you know, they're freshly broken up. And oh, Marzi Pan, (laughs) Marzi Pan. (laughs) Um, But basically, there's a love triangle that, again, doesn't even exist because Jody now is very insecure because she's like, oh, my gosh, this pretty girl is now about to live with Dunkle, my new ex. And she's so pretty, but she doesn't even know that Stella, Stella's Stieg's sister's name, by the way, um, Stella literally has a boyfriend that she very soon will break up with, but like is still emotionally very attached to. So basically, like so much of this movie is basically set up on the premise that Dunk and Jody just like never fully talk once they like abruptly break up they just never really talk to each other so it's like a bunch of just like missed connections where it's like if you literally had just sat down for more than three minutes to discuss your breakup you would have both realized that you both didn't want to break up and we could have saved so much time in everyone's life because yeah that's literally one of the plot points is just that jody's like oh my god they're totally together but they're not at all and she would have known that if she had talked to him you know or or her if she had talked to Stella for like five minutes. But. Yeah. But is that not how high school stuff works? I mean, I didn't really date much in high school, so I wouldn't have as much experience. But yeah, it is very high school to like have all of these just like, well, but like if you had just talked, if you mm-hmm. had literally just discussed things. What's the other show I have that with? Oh, uh, Selling Sunset on Netflix. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I I, I I zoomed right through it real quickly. <laughs> but I should uh, watch yeah. it. I was really I need a new reality show because I, oh, I, I, uh, I watched all of Hoarders that's available on Hulu. And then I watched um, Wife Swap. And that one, I think, just made me a little bit too stressed at times. Yeah. And now I just need something that's a little more lighthearted. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No. Uh, selling Sunset's good. There's also a new Selling spinoff. I forget where it's for, but I'm excited for that one. A lot of people really like the spinoff one, too. Um, but also, have you ever seen Love is Blind? No, but I've seen like little clips of it, and I know Mr. Cocaine Guy. 
Oh, you know that guy that oh, like shows yeah, his yeah, teeth yeah. a his lot. Name, I think his name's. It starts with an S. I literally just finished it the other Sean? day. Sean. No, hold on, Shane. Is it his name's Shane. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you should watch that one too. That one's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's got two seasons. So, mm-hmm. anyways. Uh, but yeah, I get really stressed out when I watch Survivor. A lot of times when I watch Survivor, I have to like take a breather for like a month or two before I can watch another season because, oh my God, I get so stressed out. I get very invested. It. It's really good, but oh my God, it emotionally drains me. Oh <laughs> my God. Because it's always the people that the people that I want to win literally never win. And the people that I hate always win. And it gets Dang. so annoying. But anyways where were we in tall girl yeah stella's introduced but yeah so now there's a new character involved where uh jody is now feeling all insecure because she's like oh i want dunks back but i don't want to admit it but he seems like he's moved on with this new girl yada yada you know that kind of blender of emotions um and then it's just uh dunks uh stella and steeg walking around and basically the only thing that's important from that is just that like um for between like the first and second movie for those three months in between they try to kind of set up that like jody again was the only one that was willing to be friends with steeg but at this point we see a shift where now dunks is uh bonding with steeg and good friends with him so now he's in with him um there's a yeah i'm not even mentioning that scene it was so stupid um (laughs) then there was a uh, the mean voice is back in her head and being mean uh while she's walking through the hallway and it is very much a juxtaposition to the opening scene oh my goodness (laughs) not her booty hole yeah absolutely not i don't need to embarrass her she just jumped on the table and is showing her bum to the camera and (laughs) i need to block it because that's that's my baby i don't need anybody looking at sensitive areas of my cat (laughs) oh goodness gracious and little does she know how many people would see it tens of people oh (laughs) tens of them hey our last tiktok that i made last night went pretty pretty viral if i (laughs) say so myself oh yeah by the way follow us on social media Mm -hmm. everybody do it like i i dare you anyways um (laughs) uh but yeah it's basically just a little moment where you know now she's walking through the halls and she's kind of cowering like she did in the first movie the lighting is kind of blue and so you can tell she's very upset she's very upset and very anxious um then we cut to uh tommy and uh jody talking again tommy's the guy that plays the male lead in the play and he looks like my dad what he looks I, like my father in my baby pictures and it really freaks really? me out a little bit yes i would i would have never really made that connection because also your your dad wasn't like i didn't i haven't like seen him a lot of times yeah i haven't seen him a lot i've seen him my whole life and you have I, you have experience uh, <laughs> yeah that kind of freaked me out a little bit because mr conrad <laughs> tommy looks like my father Oh my goodness, Tommy, who let you do that? You're not supposed to look like Taya's father. That's very mm-hmm. rude of you. Very Taya's rude. father was here first. Mm-hmm. He was. He was here first. <sighs> Messed up. 
Mm-hmm. But basically, he kind of, they have a little mini bonding moment. Again, her homecoming speech is brought up and he's like, oh, you were so inspiring. And like, I so totally related to it. And um, yeah, they just kind of bond a little bit. And then it cuts to them hanging out outside of school. They are at a putt-putt course. And he basically brings her there to let her know why he related to her homecoming speech. And is like, you say that you're different because you're tall? Well... I used to be overweight and kids used to call me Tommy Potamus specifically in this location because when he'd go down the slide, they would call him that. I don't know. Um, And of course, such a woke moment there where Jody's like, I never realized that men could have weight issues. I suppose they can. And I'm like, yes, girl, this is the truth. Um, But basically then, you know, they're getting real close and, uh, they kiss they kiss they kiss they kiss and of course this is like so fresh after the breakup the drama of it all but before they kiss but what kind of leads up to this kiss is that they start dancing in the middle of this putt-putt course they are very much giving me theater children at a denny's post show oh god Uh (laughs) that's all i could think of i was like these the two leads of the school musicale are out here dancing in the middle of a putt-putt course. And I feel like it was the POV of like what those, you know what video I'm talking about, like the one of all of the kids at a Denny's that like circulates mm-hmm. throughout Twitter like once a year. Yes. Like I feel like this video, this scene of them dancing is like what those kids in Denny's thought they looked like, you know, like super well produced, spinning around like, woof. ye <laughs> oh. doggy. <laughs> Yeah, all I could think about was that just the all those kids around the tables. Oh, God, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sit down, eat your pancakes, and go home. Oh, wouldn't you know about it? Taya here was in a play or two back in the day. I was. Um, <laughs> Except at our school, we didn't go to Denny's. We went to uh, Baker Square. So mm-hmm. and we had pie. Yeah, so it was a little different. We were a little quirkier in a different way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, like, despite the fact that, you know, she and Dunkles have recently broken up, she feels very, very weird and very guilty about it. And uh, the next day she tells Frida about it and basically is like, oh, I have to tell him. And that's the end of that scene. There are so many scenes in this movie, just little side note, that I felt like could have just been combined into one where it was like this scene of her talking to Frida was maybe like one minute long. They could have just like been talking about this as they were in the hallway right before they walked into the class where she then tells Dunks about the kiss. Like they, it didn't need to be like a whole separate walk that they had like days before. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they just they used a lot of time setting up scenes in different locations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically then uh, Jody then does... Uh, tell him about the kiss the next day and it's it's one of those moments where like you know he was about to admit that he wanted to get back together with her and she says like oh I have something to tell you and he says you go first and she tells him that she kissed someone and then he gets all mad and he storms out but also in the background Farida and Steeg are becoming better friends I don't really feel like going into the details of that but basically now they're friends Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah, so now Mr. Dunkers knows that that's happened and he's very upset. 
It's very, he's very, mad. very upset. He's very mad. Oh, he's so mad. And he goes home and he just immediately starts throwing out everything that has to do with Jody, including a miniature giraffe, which, wowzers, if I was insecure about being tall <laughs> and you had giraffes around your room to remind you of me, I would hate you. <laughs> I would immediately not like you mm-hmm. personally. Um but yeah, he gets all mad. And in the same moment that he's all mad about his breakup, this is when Stella and her boyfriend back in Sweden break up. And they basically decide that as a duo, they're going to help each other, like stay away from their exes is the whole deal. Is they're now a, they're a duo and they're going to make their exes mad. So Mr. Dunkers has a camera that Jody gave him multiple years before. And it's, he they, said... It was the camera that she bought him when mm-hmm. he was 15. Yeah. This camera is a Nikon Z7. It I was is, wondering if you knew. It is $2,000. And if they're using the same line, that same timeline from when the first movie came out in 2019, uh, the math wouldn't have been correct because this camera did not exist when he was 15 if we're still keeping the 2019 timeline. That was just a really in-depth detail that I came across while watching the movie, and it did um, bring me out of it for a minute, I will say. <laughs> the Nikon D7 did hey. bring me out of the movie. Hey, but I get it. That was me with Bendit like Beckham every time they had a soccer <laughs> reference. That was just like slightly incorrect. I was like, mm, that's not true. That's not accurate. <laughs> it's, it's the main camera that my... Uh, studio photography teacher uses on a regular basis so it's a very it's their highest end mirrorless camera and there's no way that uh, a high schooler would have given a two thousand dollar camera to another high school student for their birthday quick plug (laughs) woof big woof i honestly was curious if you knew what kind of camera it was because i was because in general i was like a dslr camera would be a very expensive gift like no matter which one it was but yes of course it's obviously a thousand dollar one yeah it's obviously a product placement yeah yeah and um the photos that they allegedly took with it are definitely iphone photos Oh, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, all because, out of focus. Yeah, it's it's completely like it's it was totally just they needed to get a camera into the movie somehow. And um basically the camera he decides to then use it for a bunch of Instagram story pictures. Mm-hmm. Literally he has a two thousand dollar camera and he's using it to take pictures of him and Stella to put on their Instagram stories to make their exes jealous. Mm-hmm. screaming screaming and crying absolutely what is going on you guys they're yes. like doing yoga they're on scooters wow is jody jealous oh oh and jody is so jealous she literally <laughs> she sees the picture of them doing yoga and he- she was like oh he has a weak core he doesn't like yoga i was like oh drag him <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways. as you should drag every man no matter if they're your boyfriend or not <laughs> oh for sure um next thing just another moment of jody trying to get advice from harper and harper's like go talk to him at his house and she goes to his house and it's yet another one of those things where it's like she tries to talk to him but he ends the conversation after like two sentences and of course then the conversation goes nowhere and they're both still lost like this is just one of the many moments where it's like jody tries to talk to him but he's trying so hard to be cool 
that like they don't fix their problems um and yeah i it's so weird though like in this moment where she's like at his house for two seconds stella's also there and they're both wearing plaid and he's like yeah we're trying to start something and i said excuse me the lesbians have already laid claim on the plaid actually back up back up he's out here like oh i'm trying to start something well the lesbians have already done it Mm -hmm. culture vulture anyways culture vulture (laughs) oh boy (laughs) In a who's then Jody's at school the next day. And basically, um, she talks to Tommy about their kiss. And it's just like, I cannot. I cannot. And he's very understanding about it. It's whatever. Um, but he brings up a party uh, where, I guess, before they... It, it's a weird, like, tradition with the drama club that um, they burn things the night before their first show to release any anxieties, tensions, energies that they don't like before the show. And then the next scene is them at that party. Um, and I just, it was just such a weird transition for me. They immediately jump into that party that they just told us about two seconds ago. And um, it's just this girl being like, my dad literally never comes to the plays and always tells me he's going to and sends me a postcard when he doesn't come. So I'm burning them all. And I was just like, oh, we did we need to introduce this whole other girl and her trimmer? <laughs> it's just so your kids are dramatic. I mean, it's in the title. Dramatic. It did it's not surprise me that they just went a little too deep. Yeah, no, just out of nowhere. This this girl's just like, I have daddy issues. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but then Mr. Tommy goes, basically reminds everyone that he used to be overweight and burns a Hawaiian t-shirt he used to wear. And Jody, 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 Jody goes next. And she decides to burn the size 13 platform shoes that Mr. Dunkles had gotten her for homecoming. Oh, my God. But as soon as she puts him in the flames, she immediately regrets it. And Kimmy basically has her whole character arc in approximately two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, she literally had just been bullying Jody two minutes before, but then all of a sudden, like, sees that Jody doesn't want the shoes to burn and whips him out of the fire and is like, I've got you, girl. And now suddenly it's just nice to her for the rest of the movie. Like, there was absolutely, it went from, I'm gonna bully the drama teacher in the bathroom to, OMG, Jody, I love you. I would never want you to feel pain. In two seconds. In two seconds. Very um, dramatic. Yeah. But basically, I think this moment was just to show, like, OMG, she does want dunkers after all, you know. Um, but while she's at this party, it's also Farida's birthday. And therefore, Miss Jody is double booked. And she is very late for Farida's birthday shenanigans at a hibachi restaurant where we meet uh, Farida's parents for the first time, which, uh, excuse me, I, you know, go on IMDb before I watch these movies and I write down all the character names. Tell me why absolutely every single character, even people on the, like, in the drama club that literally speak once, they all have names, but Farida's parents are literally just called Farida's mom and Farida's dad. They didn't give those characters names at all. And I was like, really? Did really? Campfire Girl have a name? I think so. I mean, there was a bunch of names that were just like a first name. So mm-hmm. I feel like Campfire Girl was one of them. But Rude. literally the parents just didn't have names. But um, 
there's just there's brief conversation about the parents being like great for you for having clothes in that store but you need to go to medical school and Stieg is like let her express herself and Dunks is like of course Jody's not here and Farida and Stieg have a bonding moment because Stieg has always been scared to perform in front of people so Farida decides to have them sing ABBA in front of everybody which brings him out of his shell and then guess what you guys what Stieg and Farida kiss in the parking lot. Oh, they kiss in the parking lot. Oh, no. Oh, we broke the girl code. Broke the girl code. And of course, it was just the most shocking turn of events because Farida's the one that hated him the most. And now look at her kissing him. Oh, my God. It was very expected. If you watch this movie, that is the joke of it all, is that it was a very expected plot twist that was not Mm -hmm. surprising at all. And then Um, Jody was a biatch and showed up to Farida's birthday after they had finished dinner. But Farida's preoccupied by this because she just kissed uh, Jody's quote unquote ex-boyfriend. So she's like, it's okay. I'm very forgiving. It's okay. show up on time. As long as you brought me a present, that's okay. But again, Jody is the worst character of all time. So horrible. And Farida forever deserves better. Like, at least in this movie, she's in the movie for more than 30 seconds. And, like, she has Dunks and Stieg, like, to be friends to her as well. Because Jody is nowhere to be seen forever. She's always just so busy being self-involved. That, mm-hmm. Like, she's she's the worst friend. She's literally the worst friend ever. Always. She has always. to work on getting into Juilliard. Yeah, because apparently that's something she wants, despite the fact that she... Whatever. Whatever. It's always got to be Juilliard, huh? It's always got to yeah. be Juilliard. And but, according, and but in the last... Not the last season. The season of Glee, when Kurt and Rachel are seniors, they go to see Miss Pillsbury, and Miss Pillsbury goes, Hey, Juilliard does not have musical theater. And they're like, what? Are you serious? Why do we keep, in movies, why do we keep saying that everybody's going to go to Juilliard when they don't even have musical theater? It's like dance or something or something. There's no like combination of the two. Yeah, I think it's just because like, in general, it's like the art school people know about. But like you could introduce a school real quick and then people will know, hey, that's the art school they want to go to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hold on. My, this light is so in my face. Uh, we are getting the most beautiful March uh, sunset right now in Minnesota. And uh, it's not working great for all of our cameras. We've got a sunburst. <laughs> so I'm kind of blocking it with my hand because my, sh- my shades are just going to be too much. But if that's, if you're wondering if you're watching the video this that's what's going on is we yeah. are being attacked by the sun oh we are we are indeed but yeah then you know she immediately leaves um because the party is literally already over um oh but before she leaves she sees dunks and stella singing what is supposedly their song and it's a backstreet boys song i already forget which one it is and i literally watched the second half of the movie today but mm-hmm as long as you love me that's what it was but um Mm -hmm. so she's like oh my god he really has moved on and is all sad and leaves um and then when she's driving home with her parents she has a panic attack oh my god 
She has a panic attack and her mom helps her through it. And it's like, girl, I got you. I got you. Just remember that it's temporary. It will go away. All is well. And it helps get her out of it. So she finally learns how to kind of deal with her anxiety, which is so great. Love it, love it, love it. And mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, Jody and Harper have yet another sister bonding moment. And basically, Jody um, finds out that, oh, my God, Harper has experienced anxiety. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. How surprising. <laughs> um, wow. Never saw that coming. Yeah. And then there's another throwaway scene that's so incredibly unimportant of just Dunks and Stieg talking Steeg tells Dunks that he kissed Farida and they decide that Steeg is going to stay for the summer. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's at this point, it's all going to be pretty uh, predictable where, yeah. you know, we have everybody's making up and everybody's yeah. doing well. Uh, yeah. Miss Gurley has another panic attack before the play starts. Mm-hmm. She does just fine. She almost forgets yeah. her line in between. She sings in cursive and the movie. Oh done. my God. Yes. Yes. She sings in <laughs> cursive. My, my note for during the school play is we have benignus and Ivy. Kiaris. That's what mm-hmm. I wrote down on my notes for during the play. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's just a bunch of scenes of her singing that I put on double speed and Kimmy is helpful in the wings. So it's like basically it just shows like, oh, she's learned how to live with her anxiety. Like she's not able to fully shut it up, but she can manage. Yay. Yes. Yeehaw. And then at Whoop-dee-doo. the end, of course, of course, of course, you know, everybody's making up. Everything's good. Grand fun and dandy. Dunks comes to the dressing room at the end and is like, look at these pictures I took during the show. And they basically both admit that they still really like each other, even love each other. They kiss, all's good. There's a party after the show and wow, wow, we wow. (laughs) Everyone's happy and together and in love and the movie is done. (laughs) Like it's, it's such a, that's why it's like, like I said earlier, I'm not mad at the movie the way that I was mad at, the first tall girl but everything was so predictable and just empty like literally this whole movie was just like oh they broke up and won't talk about it that's like it and mm-hmm. oh she has anxiety now mm-hmm. which like i mean yeah relatable <laughs> i don't know like i just i don't feel like i really got anything from it but i mean it's tall girl too. What was I expecting to get from it? I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? How how did you feel at the end of watching it? You know, I'm gonna give it a nice mm, five and a half camera backpacks out of ten. Damn, it was better than the other one. The other one I gave it like a negative billion or something. Well, yeah, but I thought like this one had like a little bit of substance. Like I wouldn't not want like a 10 or 11 year old to watch it you know what i mean i suppose i suppose i think for my rating i'd give it like a 4.5 dunkle dinkle dinkles out of 10 mm-hmm. just because again i typically try to think of would i rewatch this and that's my level of a five and um i don't well, think I it's a six was a rewatch for no, me. for me, a five is. But okay. if a six is for you, then that would explain your score. Um, but yeah, I typically think of like a five as I would rewatch. Maybe a six is a better for rewatch because that's like over a 50%. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, 
my whole ratios are off now. But then if if six is the marker of will I rewatch, then yeah, I would also say like a five or a five and a half because it wasn't bad, but I don't want to see it again. Um, it just felt very, it was, again, it was a little bit better in the sense that, you know, I'm not mad, but I don't feel like I got anything. You know, you typically want to feel like you just watch something when you mm-hmm. watch something, but I feel like it happened and it immediately disappeared. It just like washed right over my head. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was fine, but uh, no, 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 no. I feel like mm-hmm. I would hate it a lot more the second time. I think if I feel like if I had to watch it a second time, I'd then be like two out of 10 because once you start already, yeah, well, and if you already know what's going to happen, even though it's a very predictable movie, if you fully know what's going to happen before it happens, it would be a horrible experience. So it's not rewatchable, but yeah, five out of 10 dunker dankles. If it's six is the rewatching point. Better than the first one, which, you know, I was so scared it wasn't going to be. If it had been worse, oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, do you have any idea for a movie for next week? I don't. I don't have any ideas. I'm out of them. I have none. Um, I could quickly open my, you know, where I find all gems. Oh, is yeah. On, is YouTube? on YouTube. Free, free YouTube movies. Oh, yes. I love the free YouTube movies. There was that one movie that I found that one time. It's not free on YouTube, but you can watch it on YouTube. The one that was like, wait a minute. We're so unprepared. Wait, can I tell you something that I've been obsessed with on YouTube? What? My most recent YouTube um, obsession has been uh, Freezer Meal Moms. what my freezer meal moms they're these moms oh my god grace they are these mothers they typically have at least eight children and they um bulk make like 40 40 to 60 meals at a time that they then freeze and like eat throughout the month i am fascinated my favorite one is I believe her name is Geraldine Stewart. What's her name? God, I don't want to get it wrong because I, I really need our listeners to understand. Jamaril. Her name is Jamaril Stewart. She lives in Virginia. Yeah, she, she does. She, spend, she shows her grocery shopping process and then her making these meals in these bowls that are massive and then... She is so funny. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. I cannot stop watching these videos. I have no children. I'm 22. My grocery budget is um, like her weekly grocery budget is my grocery budget for a year. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it is fascinating. Anyway, oh that's been <laughs> never heard of these. I had never heard of these. I've got to be fully frank and honest with you. I had I never heard of these freezer meal moms. Love, I love <laughs> freezer meal moms. Oh, God. oh no. Anyway, well, are you seeing anything? Um. So I have. What have we got here in my watch later? Oh, no. We've got 
a cheeky little confessions of a shopaholic. We have Queen of Versailles or the Nanny Diaries, which are all classics. Oh, well, I honestly don't know any of those off the top of my head. If you want to. We got to do confessions of a shopaholic because I remember um, seeing the commercials for that when I was younger and knowing that it was a movie that I would want to watch as an adult because my mom wouldn't let me watch it when I was young. Well, then here we are. I don't remember anything about it, so I don't I don't know if it's going to be terrible. It probably will be. But I love Isla Fisher. (laughs) Well, here we go. Confessions of a shopaholic is up next. So Mm -hmm. everybody get get ready to rumble and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Follow us at at the U-Hallmark pod on Twitter and just U-Hallmark pod on both Instagram and TikTok. We love you all. And yeah, we'll see you later. Good night. Good night.